everything are is talking you about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only options. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Spring's coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now and get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. Calling Gator Nation. You are invited to be part of Gator history on Friday, February 10th for the official dedication of Steve Spurrier Way at Celebration Point Promenade in front of Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Lots of dignitaries and press will be on hand to witness this historic event. And it's open to all who bleed orange and blue. It's the grand unveiling of Steve Spurrier Way. It's all happening Friday, February 10th from 530 to 615 at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill in Celebration Point. What does it feel like to file with TaxLayer and get your guaranteed maximum refund? It feels like the last level of a video game, facing off against the final boss who stands between you and your refund. All your refund has belonged to me. Using the power of TaxLayer like a secret power-up he doesn't see coming. Only the most tax-confident can defeat me. Throwing your laptop at his video game face and watching him crumble into a giant pile of shiny coin tax refunds. Oh, not fair. You use TaxLayer. Start for free and get your guaranteed maximum refund. TaxLayer. File fearlessly. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Hello and welcome into a Thursday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch, talk some sports. Zach is producing our program today well yesterday you always ask me for an opinion I try to give it to you I did not think Florida would beat Tennessee in basketball last night but I did say I did say their defense keeps them in games and so and I kept saying look what happened to Oklahoma to Alabama you never know well I'm going to throw some numbers at you in a minute because as good as Tennessee is, and they're good, their problem is very similar to Florida. They have an issue when it comes to scoring. They just do. They're a good defensive team, and Florida's defense last night had a lot to do with you know what the outcome was. The voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, will be here. We're going to talk to Jack Givens, Goose Givens. He's with the Kentucky Radio Network to talk about the Wildcats. Our first guest, though, we're going to talk Gator baseball with Gator shortstop Josh Rivera. He joins us live now on Sports Scene. Hey, Josh, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for doing this. Uh, I, I got to ask. I, I think 
I, I promoted you were going to be on here uh, today, and two people actually emailed a question for you. So I'm going to start out with that. One I is, yeah, one is, uh, please ask Josh why he decided to come back to Florida. So that's the first question. Um, first off, I just believe I got some unfinished business here. Um, you know, I came in here in 2019 with the goal of winning a national championship. And, you know, I got the opportunity to come back. And, you know, that's the main goal for me this year is to be a leader to this team and, you know, try to lead these young guys to, to Omaha, you know. Um, you know, I want to help build some relationships and help make some memories for these young guys for when, you know, they're in my shoes and they're the older guy, uh, you know, they can do the same thing. And the other question uh, is from a gentleman named Bill. He said, could you please ask Josh where he thinks he's improved the most from when he got here to now? Um, that's a great question. I, I would definitely say the uh, mental side of the game. I've definitely matured a lot mentally. I kind of uh, gained a better understanding of my role to the team. You know, I understand that, you know, my energy and my leadership is all that really matters. And uh, the performance will happen, you know, based on how much work I put in. So, you know, I got to practice what I preach and um, put in the work in order to let uh, my performance speak for itself. All right. Now, my questions, Josh. Um, look, this team's preseason ranked in just about you know every poll in the top ten. How good can this team be? Oh, this team could be really good, um, you know. But uh, we've seen what rankings can do to us uh, in the past, so uh, I'm just trying to make sure everybody keeps a level head because uh, you know the polls do, um, you know, cause bring a smile to people's faces and uh, it'll boost up our confidence. But you know, baseball is anybody's game. Anybody can go beat anybody on any given day. So I just try to reiterate that to my team and, you know, make sure we're all on the same page. But, you know, we have all the potential in the world. You know, we got a ton of talent on this team, both, you know, offensively, defensively, and on the pitching side. So, you know, I'm very confident in our abilities to be successful. You know, it it sounds like, Josh, you've, you've taken on more of a leadership role, maybe more of a vocal leader. Am I wrong in, in thinking that? No, sir. I've I've always prided myself in uh, my ability to communicate with people and uh, kind of be that vocal leader. And it's uh, been a part of that journey uh, on, on the mindset of becoming a, a leader for this team and this program, especially with, you know, Sully uh, bringing me in 2019, giving me the opportunity to play shortstop as a freshman. You know, I understood that, um, you know, in the years coming that I would have to become that vocal leader. So I've just practiced that every year, and uh, last year was the year I kind of got to show it a little more, and this year I plan on you know showing it a lot more. Obviously, you guys did not have a good start to the year last year. You recovered. You got to host a regional. But does that off year, if you want to call it that, Josh, is that fuel for this year? Yes, sir. I believe so. Um, you know, we didn't get to – the hot start we wanted and uh, definitely causes us to go into this year with, you know, some fuel and um, the mentality that, you know, we we're trying to beat everybody uh, and, you know, we're not trying to be the hunted. We're trying to be the hunters. So, you know, we're just trying to play with that mindset that we got to go out and, you know, get everybody that we're playing against, um, you know, and not play like they're coming to get us. Last year, Josh, you were a lot of a lot of young arms uh, that you know learned as they went. 
most of those young arms are back, plus some guys you got, you know, transferring in. You, you face these pitchers all the time in inner squads. Gator fans listening, what do you see with this Gator pitching staff? I see a lot of talent. You know, we got a lot of guys that, um, you know, can execute pitches in big time moments. And, you know, we're just trying to make sure that they maintain, you know, their, their work ethic and, uh, you know, just keep making positive strides forward because it's a long season. And, you know, no matter what hardships we may face, we got to make sure that everybody stay, uh, stays the course with the mentality of just going out there and competing. Uh, I appreciate you being here, and thanks for taking the time and look forward to hanging around you guys again this year. So appreciate you being here. Yes, sir. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, Josh. Thanks, man. Josh Rivera, Gator shortstop, uh, one of the veteran guys back on this team. And by the way, a reminder, practices are open. Uh, and today they will scrimmage at 245. <clears throat> Friday there's no scrimmage. Saturday they'll scrimmage at 115. And then Sunday night they'll have a 6 o'clock scrimmage. So uh, I'll keep reminding you of that uh, tomorrow as well. But, again, those practices are open and you can go watch this team work out and scrimmage. And, our, again, our thanks to Josh Rivera for being here. Uh, all right. Uh, before Sean gets here, <clears throat> you want to get a call in, 392-8255. <clears throat> you can email srussell at wruf.com. Uh, let's see here. William says, uh, okay, he's – the Gators have one player signed for 2023-24. Are they going to go after any other players like centers and forwards and guards? Well, I'm not trying to be a wise guy, but of course, right? But what we, here's what the, the unknown is, right? Transfer portal. That's what we don't know. I mean, this is basically a, a uh, you know, a roster rebuild, right? So that's what... We don't know. We just don't know at this point, you know, what, I mean, certainly you're going you're gonna to go the high school route, but you're also going to have, you know, people in the portal leave, people in the portal come in. Mark says, as a fan, got a love of Rivera's answer to why he came back, fully expecting him to talk about himself and areas of the game he needs to improve. Instead, it was all about helping the younger guys and winning a natty. Your thoughts? Yeah. Um, I have watched Josh Rivera mature. Uh, and, you know, I do think he takes his role uh, as an upperclassman, as somebody who's been with the program for a long time, perhaps more seriously than, you know, what he might have taken it before. And I think that's a good thing. And I think you don't like to go through this but when you lose and you have a down year by Florida standards, that's a wake-up call. That's a, you know, that, that's a reality check that, okay, this happened. We want to make sure it doesn't happen again. So I, I think that's going to be a better part of this team and the fact that, I mean, look, you can look at it two ways. All right, a lot of guys are back from this team that, you know, did do better in the second half, but maybe underperformed. Or you can look at it and say, look, they went through that, don't like it, and they'll come and do better. We will see. Uh, 
Then, uh, let's see here. Tampa Mike says, happy for the team and the win. We'll see if they can continue to build on this or if this is the peak. Tennessee looks a little overrated. I suspect they'll continue to at, as regular season uh, and then be another rocky flop in the tournament. But if Florida can continue the momentum, they could be a dangerous team. A lot of experience, seem to play with a maturity, guard-driven with a rim protector, defense. I thought it was just as good as Tennessee's. Golden's having a nice impact on this team, moving them towards upper echelon of the league. One of White's criticisms, one game out of second. Nice story so far. That's why you, I mean, I, granted, you, you judge game to game, and that happens sometimes, but sometimes it's bigger picture. Coming up on 12-13, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Voice of the Gator, Sean Kelly, is here. He will take your questions, calls, and comments next. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Matt Quarteraro. The Gators women's basketball team welcomes in the Texas A&M Aggies for an SEC showdown tonight. The Gators hope to get back on track after dropping five of their last six contests. Tip is set for 6 o'clock, but you can tune in to coverage right here starting at 5.45. Gators men's tennis travels to Lake Nona for a matchup with Florida State, with action starting this evening at 5 o'clock. Tomorrow, the second-ranked Gators gymnastics squad hopes to continue their undefeated start to the season as they head to Arkansas to take on the SEC foe Razorbacks. Heading to high school hoops, the Beholtz boys team celebrates senior night as they take on Hawthorne at 7.30, while in girls' hoops, Wildwood and Trenton square off for the 1A District 7 Tournament Championship also at 7.30. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Matt Quarteraro. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. The good people at Southeast Car Agency at 310 Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville want to make sure you know what vehicles they have to sell. Looking for a new one? Don't have any. They've never had a new vehicle in over 40-plus years of being in business. They've always specialized in giving you the best alternative you have to purchasing a new one. The best of the best in late-model, low-mileage vehicles. Their selection is tremendous. They do a great job in getting a wide array and selection of vehicles to their place of business at Northeast 39th Avenue in Gainesville so you get a better selection and a better price range of vehicles to choose from. You can also go online, secars.com, and you can see the vehicles there. All the pertinent information is there for you. Go see them in person. You can test drive the vehicles, and their sales staff will gladly answer any questions you have. There is a ton of people, including me, driving a Southeast Car Agency vehicle. Check them out. You'll be glad you did. When you go see them in person, make sure and tell them Sports Scene sent you to the people at Southeast Car Agency. Who can you trust with your automobile these days? Hey, it's Steve Russell. As you drive around town, you'll see a lot of auto repair shop chain stores. Every time you go in there, there's a new person behind the counter with the same old song and dance, presenting you with a long list of expensive repairs. If you're tired of that type of treatment, do what I and thousands of families have done since 1975. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. Dave Mays Automotive is family owned and operated, and you can tell because they treat their customers like family. No long list of surprises. In fact, their famous bug checks designed to prevent surprises. They do it all. They'll take care of your entire vehicle. Dave Mays Automotive is located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. They'll get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive. We get the bugs. All of them bugs. 
Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 802 341 4542. 802 341 Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell on ESPN 98.1 FM at 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome back to Sports Scene. We will take your phone calls, 392-8255, email srussell at wruf.com. The voice of the Gator, Sean Kelly, is here after a splendid night. In the O'Connell Center. Uh, it was so. no big deal. <laughs> it was fun. Just another A lot game. of fun. No, yeah. it was really good. Great uh, crowd, too. Wow. You know, you look at – I said this earlier. Tennessee's a very good team. But offensively, at times, they have trouble. As good as they are on defense. I think Florida had a lot to do with that. Yes. I'm not knocking the – but if you look at some of the – they got some head scratchers that they've lost – well, they just don't shoot the basketball very well. Only a couple, though. Yeah, I mean, like, a like right. two. Yeah. <laughs> um, Last night was the third, I think. Yeah. I, I think Florida did a great job of making them very uncomfortable. Um, and look, Colin Castleton on both ends of the floor was massive last yep, night. He was. And uh, look, when Vescovy, their their sharpshooter, goes two for 11 from the field, and, and you keep them off the foul line for the most part, um, yeah, all of a sudden now they're out of rhythm. And as good as Zakai Ziegler is, boy, he's fun to watch, by the he way. Is. If you ask him to do too much, which, hap- which happened for Tennessee last night, it never is going to end well if you, if you have to play through a guy that, yes, he's been giving you 17 a game the last four, but he's not, he's not a pillar of their offense in the scoring sense or hasn't been up until these last couple of games. So, no, I mean, I, I think a lot, a lot of credit goes to Golden. And the way those guys played last night in making Tennessee awfully uncomfortable. And then it was here, – here's the other great thing about last night. Not only did you lead for most of the game, but you did fall behind by six in the second half. And part of you wanted to say, okay, gave them a great game. You know, signs of progress, went nose-to-nose with one of the top teams in the country. But not only that, but you grabbed the lead back and then extended it and finished. And I thought – I thought Florida put Tennessee into a bit of a panic down the stretch. No doubt. Yes. No absolutely. doubt. Uh, a bunch of emails here for you, Sean. Daryl says, great win last night. Is it fair to say as Castleton goes, the Gators go? At this point, yes. Okay. Steven says, Sean, looks like we don't send anyone to rebound when we shoot threes. That obviously paid off 
for our defensive readiness. Is that a golden strategy because of our personnel or just his transition philosophy? Well, it's the transition philosophy. We're talking about on the offensive end, correct? Yes. Yeah, so if you remember earlier in the season, the Gators were go- sending everybody after the glass, uh, and then they were woeful in transition defense. It was a real problem. So, A, teach better, uh, and then B, philosophically, we talked about this last week a yes. little bit, uh, philosophically on the on the number two part, the B side, if you will, is maybe we don't commit as many guys to the offensive glass, especially on a potential long rebound, which would come off of a three. So that's been cleaned up, and it's been huge. I, I can't think of a team here recently that's beaten up Florida in transition, much like what we saw earlier in the season. Jeff says, I'd uh, love to hear Sean's comments on how the Gators can go 12 straight games without allowing an opponent to shoot 40% from the field. Yeah, well, two things here. Number one, Florida's very good defensively. Number two, college basketball is having a problem scoring the basketball with the exception of a couple teams. But, you no, know, it's a remarkable number. Here's the other thing that stacks up kind of strangely here in the sense that Florida is very good defensively. They have that streak that the emailer just mentioned. But the whole conference really is is – has become a defensive no conference. question about I, it. It's amazing that you look at Florida and you go, oh, man, these numbers are really healthy, they're good, and they're fifth in the league. <laughs> what? Should yeah. be like number one. Tennessee's numbers coming into last night, that's off the charts. And, yes, they're the best defensive team in the league, but the numbers aren't that far off from Florida either. So it's interesting, and it will be, it will be interesting come tournament time because let's, let's say – Florida and A&M meet up again in the tournament. How great is that game going to be? Yeah, I mean, I think Florida probably should have split the two, if not maybe beat the Aggies twice. Could have. So I want to see that for a third time. You know, the, um, I'll be anxious to see what Alabama versus Tennessee looks like. I think that's in two weeks maybe. Um, and there's a couple other matchups too. But when you get to tournament time here and we all get in the same building with all those defenses, it'll be a rock fight. I mean, a, le- a literal rock fight in Nashville this year. Yeah. Lucas says, first off, Sean, great call last night. We seem to be turning the corner at the right time. Second, what was it like working with Mark? I always mute the TV and listen to the radio broadcast. Thought you two were outstanding together. Thanks. Marking with Mark was fun, fun, fun last night. I, I, you know, I'm, I have such a luxury here between Lee and Mark as, uh, as it is right now on the basketball side. Uh, two different styles, and it didn't take Mark and I real long to kind of get meshed together last night. I, and I thought it was cool, too, and I think I mentioned this on the broadcast last night, that for me it was a, a chance to be a, a, a further or a bigger part of Gators broadcast history. You know, Mark was the full-time guy for so long, worked with Mick for so long, and, and so now I've gotten the chance to do uh, a game or games with multiple analysts. It's interesting how different they are and how similar the, the two analysts are. And um, it's also a lot easier when the game's great. <laughs> uh, no question. Yes, absolutely. That does make for a better yes. broadcast most times, uh-huh. yes. Um, as you look, you kind of mentioned the league, and I totally agree with you, Sean, about how defense. Is this just a cyclical thing, or do you think this is just you know where the game is going? It's, I don't know. Too, uh, Too early to cyclical tell? Cyclical would tell us that this we're in a cycle, and for me a cycle would have to be more than partial season at this okay. point. But. Right now in the league, and the the, the other the other wrinkle to that is that we have so many first year coaches in SEC play, and we're seeing this. So, is it is it cyclical as you proposed? Is it an anomaly based on this year's rosters, or is it because we have this influx of new systems with these new coaches like Todd Golden, and maybe this is what the future of the SEC looks like as long as this setup continues? So, 
I don't know. It's always fun to play Kentucky because they are Kentucky. Sure. But maybe this year, because Kentucky's almost been Jekyll and Hyde, you know, to, w- when they sat Wheeler, you know, he was a defensive liability. They sit him. They seem to score more because if you know Mark, he'll tell you he doesn't like small guards, and that's what, you know, Severe Wheeler is. Yes. But, you know, he's gotten his role off the bench a little bit. But I'm anxious to kind of see kind of where this Kentucky team is now, too. Well, I am, too, because I thought Wheeler looked really good the other night. Yes. Because he played on Tuesday, and I thought he was maybe the biggest reason why Kentucky got out in front and stayed there. (laughs) He is a bit of a mysterious player, isn't he? Yes. But they still have this kid named Shibway. And, um, and (laughs) look, they're playing much better here in the last couple of weeks. Um, I can't quite put my finger on it. I'll look more at it starting later today. Uh, it's never an easy place to play up at Rupp. So, um, look, in this stretch of four, we talked about the stretch of four, K-State, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama. Well, I think you and I are in agreement. Man, if you can pick off one of these, right? especially if it's a league one, yep. you're in great shape. You've done that. I think the path to 10, and I keep talking about the path to 10 because – if you haven't heard me say this before, I think it's going to take 10 conference wins for the Gators to be an NCAA tournament team. Um, it may take 11. I don't think it's going to be 9. Let, let's just stay on course with 10. Yep. You really widen your chances with that win last night. And you're going to play Kentucky twice coming up. So um, if you pick off another one, now it's two of these fearsome four, if you will, during the stretch. And you're playing with house money a little bit after that because the final seven on the regular season schedule, which includes Kentucky here, yeah. Gators have to make some hay. Probably win five of the last seven, depending on how these next two go. So Kentucky is always going to be difficult. Um, but I think that Florida, two things happened last night. One, it further proves the theory of what we've talked about already, that Florida can probably have a chance at most anybody any given night and probably can lose to anybody on any given night. That, that still holds, right? Yeah, I agree. But last night's win also is a validation game in, in a lot of ways. It's a validation of what Golden's doing with this team. It's a validation of all the little things that this team has been working on. And then when you get to see it in a marquee or signature win like last night, I think it propels the team. I think that the Gators, I know it's only one game, but – will be different moving into this weekend against Kentucky than if they had lost that game last night. I think Mark even made a great point halfway through the game. He said last night when Tennessee was closing it down, late first half, that even if the Gators go into the locker room down one, that's a mental hurdle. You had such a great start. You're right there with the number 2 team in the country, but yet you're still losing the game at halftime. The fact that the Gators were able to go into the locker room with that lead, I think it was a mark in time as well. So, you know, there's a lot of little factors rolling into this thing. And I didn't want to get too low after the Kansas State game, and I don't want to get too high after this Tennessee win, but I can't help it. I'm I'm feeling pretty good um, about a validation type of win for last night. 1227 Time Check brought to you by Hayes. Generally, one more segment with Sean. Call him up, ask him a question. We'll talk a little baseball, too. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From the college.
College of Journalism and Communications, ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Beloved former basketball coach and educator Satch Sullinger knows you got to keep moving to stay healthy. But that's not so easy when your aching joints won't cooperate. We still want to move and we still want to get around and we still want to be active, but we start to deteriorate the moment we quit moving. QC Kinetics regenerative treatments help restore movement in stiff, aching knees, hips, shoulders, and back using only your natural healing properties to help restore damaged joints. That's a huge positive for Satch. It's working, and what I really like about it is there's nothing foreign put in my body. Everything that was put in my body has been taken from my body. I love it. I love it. Like I said, I want to live until the day I die. Get rid of the pain and start moving again. Call QC Kinetics today for your complimentary consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. Finding security is a tricky thing. It's one part minimizing risk in all facets of life, and one part that fluffy blankie you had when you were three. And since Radiant Credit Union can't get into Grandma's attic to find Mr. Snuggles, we can help secure your financial future with our adjustable rate certificates. Let us secure your savings with rates starting at 4.93% APY for 12 months. Visit RadiantCU.org forward slash secure. 12-month certificate requires $1,000 minimum balance to open account, $10,000 balance to earn APY. Calling Gator Nation. You are invited to be part of Gator History on Friday, February 10th for the official dedication of Steve Spurrier Way at Celebration Point Promenade in front of Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. Lots of dignitaries and press will be on hand to witness this historic event. And it's open to all who bleed orange and blue. It's the grand unveiling of Steve Spurrier Way. It's all happening Friday, February 10th from 530 to 615 at Spurrier's Gridiron Grill in Celebration Point. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Sun and clouds today with highs in the upper 70s. There's a front that's slowly approaching from the west. It should approach and move through our area overnight into tomorrow morning. Skies turning cloudy tonight. Lows in the upper 50s and lower 60s. Widespread showers and a few thunderstorms tomorrow during the late morning into the early afternoon. A few storms could be strong, turning cooler and breezy for the weekend. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Chiefs and Chris Jones had established what was going to happen in that game. They hit uh, Joe Burrow 12 times. So that offensive line that was missing three starters, that didn't seem important to a lot of people leading up to this game because they survived Buffalo, certainly played a large role here. Chiefs did what they needed to do. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. We're proud to be your home for Gators basketball. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Welcome back to Sports Scene. Voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, our guest. Adam, we'll talk to him. Adam, hello. Hey, guys. Great show. Um, appreciate, uh, Sean, you coming out and uh, hanging out with the Gator Nation. Um, certainly uh, really uh, appreciate uh, your your abilities on the mic, man. It's awesome. Thanks, Adam. So, 
Yes, sir. And um, so with the game last night, um, I was really happy to see the team jump out to a lead, right? You and And, me and about (laughs) 3 million Gators fans. Go ahead. Yep. Right. And um, we already know that they're one of the best defensive teams in the nation. Um, But what I've seen from these last – last couple of games is that is that they're certainly making strides so my question to you is um who are the leaders on this team and do you think that this team is actually we we i I believe they are definitely hitting a stride and todd golden has definitely shifted gears on the type of strategy that he's running on the floor we see that but is the who who are the leaders of this team who can pull them through tight places like last night who was it that really i saw colin castle and finally started to really get his game going in the third period what do you think what's your what's your take on that as far as yeah i won't, I won't say finally because i think that we've seen this now since they've started playing much better and that colin's doing colin things uh you know and that's both ends of the floor this is the third best team in the country at block shots right now um and colin's the reason why because he's third individually in blocks per game he is maneuvering Gator defenses, and he's protecting the rim to allow other guys to take some chances on the perimeter. That's that's that end of the floor. Offensively, you're playing through Colin, but yet Colin's not. Sometimes when when you say we're playing through a guy, that says we're just giving him the ball and say go score, big fella. That's not what we're what we're seeing with Castleton and the Gators right now. Yes, he he'll go get a bucket, but he's also getting like last night in the first half. He has zero assists on the box score, right? Well, I counted up on my own four hockey assists. You know, the pass to make the pass that scores the bucket. So I, th- I think uh, you know, he's, he's now been what I think he is or what I anticipated him being when I got here to campus. Uh, as far as the leadership question goes, no doubt it's Kyle Lofton and Colin Castleton right now with Myron Jones on their heels. The three fifth-year guys have taken a hold of this thing since the turn of the calendar year, and... I talked to Kyle extensively yesterday. He loves playing with Myron. The two of them really know how to play the game. And the, the reason this conversation came up is because Kyle and I were talking as he had just eclipsed 5,000 career minutes this past weekend that we yeah. see so many guys come into college basketball now and or the NBA, and they don't know how to play. And I, I, I'll get on an AAU soapbox if you like. I think I'll spare you that. But... I think what we're seeing in college basketball the last couple of years, we're moving away from the one-and-done model, and the teams that find their stride are the ones that have veteran players like fifth-year guys, Kyle Lofton, Colin Castleton, Myron Jones. And so those are your leaders right now, and some are a little more vocal than others, but um, they're carrying the load. Castleton played every single minute last night in the second half. Gators needed it. Uh, He was absolutely gassed at the end of that thing. Um, But, yeah, I think – I don't know if hitting the stride or trending the right direction. Pick your cliche. Things are going well right now for Florida to make them competitive night in and night out. The bump in the road was K-State at the, you know, at Bramlage Coliseum. I think to a man, they'll all admit they didn't handle it well um, and got punched in the mouth early, and you saw the result. So good for yes, them sir. to respond last night and to protect the home floor. Yes, sir. Um, one last thing real quick, if you don't mind. So I find it extremely ironic that with college basketball, it seems to be trending more towards a defensive game. 
But what's your take on college football? Because they've changed all these rules that made it more of an offensive attack. And wouldn't it be nice if, like, there would be some uh, parity between the two? Thank you so much. Go Gators. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's interesting. It's an interesting point. Actually, we were talking about this yesterday. Mark and I were – Mark was. It is – I like seeing the SEC be a defensive-minded basketball conference right now because all the rules – Basically, I'm, I'm exaggerating a touch here, Steve. Most of the rules now lean offensive. The advantage to the offensive player or the offensive end of the floor. And so it, it's harder now than it ever was before. The whistle changed last night, and I thought it was a good adjustment on the whistle. It was a kind of a slow whistle in the first half and the second half when they, descent, when they sensed it was getting a little too chippy. Um, they tightened that up. And it, again, then it becomes harder to defend when you can't bump a cutter maybe or put a hand and move a guy's hip when he's dribbling the basketball, that, all those things. Um, the football part of it, I, I, I don't know. Um, all I know is this, the, the two-time defending national champ branded themselves as a defensive team. So there's that, and you can lean on that if you like. Um, and then it comes down to who's got athletes and who doesn't at, at the end of the day. you know, and we, can, we can X and O and scheme this thing to death, but – I have more athletes than you. I win. So, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it. Porter, welcome. Hey, a couple of quick questions. I wanted to uh, ask about that 5,000 minutes. I heard that, and I was just in my, in doing the math in my head. I mean, if the team plays 33 games and there's 33 minutes a game, that's 1,000 points a year. I mean, I mean 1,000 minutes a year. I mean, that's uh, – and, and you know, he's a little over halfway through this year. I mean, that's – is that just because of the extra COVID year or, or – or, uh, I don't know a lot about how many uh, games they went well, in his previous teams, but yeah, Kyle, amazing. Yeah, Kyle at St. Bonaventure led the nation 38.1 minutes per game. Okay, Ooh. so almost every minute of every game of each of the four years he played at St. Bonaventure, um, I did the math. Going into last night, it was 83.33 hours of playing time. You did that? Yeah, I told Kyle that. He goes, I, I don't even want to know what the practice time would be. And I just started laughing. Yeah. It, it's amazing that he's held up, to tell you the truth. And, and, when he, yep, and when he had the back spasms earlier this year, I thought, uh-oh, here it comes. You know, it's gonna, the, the number's getting to him now, now right? Yeah. And he gets through the back spasms, and then all of a sudden he looks like the player that we thought we were going to get when he entered – the portal and came to came to Florida and a healthy Kyle Lofton is a pretty good one for us right now. Absolutely, I wanted to ask you one quick question. I'll take it off the air. We always hear about the rowdy reptiles. Uh, how, what's your opinion on the, the the atmosphere there? From watching on TV, it seemed like it was really really good, and especially given our kind of bumpy up and down, I think that's a, that's that's a, something we can you know, hang our head on. Now that doesn't help us on the road, but I want to get your honest opinion. Uh, uh, how, how good was the atmosphere there and compare it maybe to some of the other places you've been in the past. Yeah, Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Good question. It's, it's really good. I mean, it's strong. This is a, excuse me, the, um, the line yesterday to get in for the student section for the Roddy Reptiles was early and thick. Um, and there's a buzz around campus. I can feel it just walking around or I go around the O-Dome, you know, kind of on a game day. There's an excitement about wanting to be at a college basketball game and and the nice thing is this. Let's say you went into yesterday's game thinking Florida doesn't have a chance. And on paper, you'd probably be in your right mind to say so. I just like that if we're going to be a basketball town and a basketball campus, then when the number two team comes in the country, 
Go get your butts in there and give your team a fighting chance. And at the very least, you walk out of there and you say, hey, you know, my team lost, but I got to see one of the best basketball teams in the country. Now the bonus is you win. And the bonus for me last night was they didn't climb over the rail and storm the court at the, game, at the end of the game, which that in, our, in our building, the way it's configured is not the safest thing in the world. Okay? Not at all. So at like Kansas State last weekend, they have a great atmosphere too. That old building has literally, literally has runways to the floor. Like if they were if one to storm the court, the the damage or the safety issue would not nearly be the same as it is here. Climbing over that at Exact yeah. Tech Arena. So thanks to all of our UF police officers and ushers last night, and thank you, Gator Nation, for celebrating in the way that you did. Um, because at this point in the year, no one needs to get hurt. Um, last year, I'm told that when Florida upset number two Auburn. They did storm the court. They did. It was some kind of a number, and some folks did get hurt. Another broadcast team got kind of trampled on in that very situation. So, look, we can have a great atmosphere like we do right now. Sold out last night, great student section, great band, all of it, um, and do it in a in a pretty cool way. And, man, that was some creative stuff coming out of that student section yesterday. In fact, there was a guy... Steve, like four people to my right, right behind us, row one of that student section, shirt off the um, orange and blue overalls, painted up, cowboy hat, and then when Juros Plavcic, the big Serbian kid for Tennessee, is out there on the floor, this kid is heckling him in Serbian. That's next-level stuff right there. That is. That is next-level stuff, which got Plavcic, obviously, his attention turned because nobody's heckling him in Serbian around here, you know, yeah. around the country. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. Jay, hello. <laughs> okay, i got to let you go, Jay. Your yeah. phone is, uh, I think it's in Serbia. Um, <laughs> okay, Art, uh, last thing here. He says, is everybody healthy for the Kentucky game? How many bigs do they have to throw at Castleton? Mm. Kentucky's in good shape right now. I, I I don't have enough homework to really give you a great answer on that question. Uh, he says, love your voice, calling games, especially basketball. I can tell that's your passion, he says. It's interesting because baseball's coming up too. Um, I love them all. I really do. I think it's funny. Earlier in my career, I did way more baseball than anything else. Um, and now, though, over the last 15, 16 years, I've done more basketball than anything else, just the sheer number of with the NBA schedule and all that. So, I'm probably more comfortable and I anticipate things a little more easily in basketball than the others. So if I can get that way on all three, I'll be in, I'll be in good shape. But I just, no, I love it all. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm that kid, Steve, that growing up in the Midwest when you had, you know, seasons. Have you ever heard of those? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, football season, I was, you know, football's oh, yeah. time. Yep. Hockey, basketball, you know. Yep. As the seasons change, so do my passion. In seasons, yes. If, if, if some, I'll finally say this, because I've been asked a thousand times since I got here. What's my favorite one to do? If somebody's going to put the bright light on me and all that, it's probably baseball, because I played more of that growing up, and I grew up in a big-time baseball town. So um, that doesn't mean I don't love the others as well. It's just slight edge to that just because it's in my DNA. And just talked to Chip Carey yesterday, who's now the Cardinals. Yeah, how'd that go? And went really well. I mean, he's okay. been on before. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, and he obviously, you know, not, not an easy decision to make for him, but again, Harry, I mean. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, Parkway West guy. So that high school is yeah. literally like five minutes from where I grew up. So 
Um, now, Chip, uh, I love teasing you about it, too. I said, you know, Chip, you were at Parkway West. But by the way, I was in grade school when you were at Parkway West. <laughs> so I do tease Chip about that a little bit. <laughs> He's only seven years older than me, but still, I give him grief about it. Uh, we'll see you in two weeks? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Appreciate you, Sean. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. 1243, time check brought to you by Hayes Jillery. Up next, uh, Dennis Dopp from CBSSports.com is going to join us. Uh, he's got an interesting column about Big 12, Pac-12 expansion. Does Oklahoma leave the conference in Texas early? We'll get to all that when he's next. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. WRUF Gainesville, E251CG, Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, W. Good afternoon, I'm Matt Quartararo. The Gators women's basketball team welcomes in the Texas A&M Aggies for an SEC showdown tonight. The Gators hope to get back on track after dropping five of their last six contests. Tip is set for 6 o'clock, but you can tune in to coverage right here starting at 5.45. Heading to high school hoops, the Behold boys team celebrates senior night as they take on Hawthorne at 7.30, while in girls hoops, Wildwood and Trenton square off for the 1A District 7 tournament championship tonight at 7.30 as well. Gators men's tennis travels to Lake Nona for a matchup with Florida State, with action starting this evening at 5 o'clock. Tomorrow, the second-ranked Gators gymnastics squad hopes to continue their undefeated start to the season as they head to Arkansas take on the SEC foe Razorbacks. And that's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Matt Quarteraro. ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Been telling you about the Roadheaver Boys Ranch in Palatka now for some time, and you've really helped them out. Because if you don't know, they subsist through your donations of unwanted or unused vehicles. They take these vehicles, these at-risk boys do, they fix them up, they resell them so they learn real life skills so if you have an unused or unwanted vehicle of any kind please consider donating it to the road heaver boys ranch donations tax deductible go a long way towards helping this really great cause to find out more google boys ranch palatka or go to rbr.org and there you can learn more about the road heaver boys ranch happy new year with the NFL playoffs and NBA All-Star Weekend upon us, it's time to upgrade your home entertainment with help from Electronics World. Hi, this is Tom Collette. At Electronics World, we can get you into a new Sony 4K big screen TV or design and install a home theater room for less than you might think. We'll put you right in the middle of the action for every score. Come see for yourself. Visit our showroom at Electronics World in Gainesville today or online at electronicsworld.net. Join us at Odyssey as we all do our one thing, together millions of things for our planet. Many great wines now come in boxes, which produce half the overall emissions that bottles do. When we each share our one thing, it becomes a million things for our planet. What's your one thing? <coughs> when a cold comes on strong, <laughs> knock it out with Vicks Dayquil Severe for max strength daytime relief. Just one dose of Vicks Dayquil Severe starts to relieve nine of your worst cold and flu symptoms to help take you from nine to none. Power through your day with Vicks Dayquil Severe, the daytime non-drowsy, coughing, aching, fever, sore throat, nine to none medicine. Use as directed. This is Mark Wise with ESPN. And this is Steve Russell. And this is who? There it is. Isn't it one of the first game of basketball? 
Listen live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. as we talk hoops, the Gators, the SEC, and the top games in all of college basketball. Focus on the fundamentals. We've gone over time and time again. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Facebook, and WRUF.com. Or listen at any time by finding Hoop There It Is on your favorite podcast platform. Hoop, there it is. Southern Sports Today with Chuck Oliver, weekdays at 2, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. My pleasure to bring in next Dennis Dodd, columnist for CBSSports.com. Dennis has been kind enough in the past to join us, and I love the columns he writes, and one of them is chock full of things. That's why I wanted to get him on, because he's at uh, a, a conference that's taking place, the Big 12 Presidents and ADs meeting today in Dallas. Dennis, there's so many things in your column that are worth mentioning here expansion and you know who might get in Oklahoma and Texas maybe leaving the conference early uh what do you think are the most important items here they'll discuss uh well uh I don't know I, I think the Pac-12 issue is a good place to start yeah it's getting really late in the process uh for them to do a deal I mean we're 17 months out from the end of the contract. Usually these things are, are done, you know, in the bank, everything else. They're very unsettled right now. Um, they don't know if they can get the number they want. Uh, they don't know if they're going to expand. They, you know, and what, what is that going to mean if a lot of their content is on streaming or digital to ADs, to coaches, to recruits, because if that happens, and it looks like it is, they're going to scream bloody murder. Now, in five years, we're all going to be watching everything we watch now, maybe on streaming, because it's coming. Yeah, but it's not here. It's not here now. Uh, the Texas Oklahoma deal. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like they either be, will, will leave early. Is that the th- thought process you have? Uh, I am. I have sources telling me the exact opposite. Really? They okay. can't be oh yeah, they can't be specific. They just believe that that will happen, that they will leave a year early. They're they're uh obviously committed to this year. The the uh schedule came out a couple of days ago. But they are since about late August, they have made it very very clear they want no part of the Big 12 through the term of the contract in 25. And so now it just comes down to a discussion. You know, what, what are, what are uh, Texas and Oklahoma willing to give up because the Big 12 is going to have to be made whole in terms of money? And maybe more importantly, Fox is going to be, have to be made whole because, remember, Fox is the one that we, would be losing that Texas-Oklahoma program, and they've already paid for that. So they would have to be made whole in some kind of way for a year without Texas and Oklahoma. And I'm told if they're just trading games, in other words, Fox gets, you know, first rights to some games before ESPN, that would be a whole heck of a lot of games that they would have to get on their air. Mm. 
Um, it's interesting to me because the new Big 12 commissioner, I don't want to say seems hell-bent on expansion, but certainly that's on his horizon. And we don't know what the Pac-12 is going to do. And with all this NIL stuff going on, Dennis, this has been kind of a back-burner thing, but where will there be more movement slash expansion in your view in the near future, especially with those two conferences? Yeah, I think TBA, I, I think, yeah, Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the Big 12, definitely definitely wants to go west. He wants a presence in the Pacific time zone, whether that means Gonzaga uh, as a basketball-only member and or school or schools from the Pac-12. And so there's a lot to unpack there. As I just mentioned, the Pac-12 thing, contract is up in the air. Do schools become so nervous in the Pac-12 that they take about a new contract and what it would be worth, do they take the sure thing in the Big 12? And it, oh, you know, then it, who pays for that? Or who pays for $31.66 million when you're adding four more schools? That's another question. Um, Gonzaga is basketball only. doesn't really bring anything revenue-wise, but it certainly brings prestige and programming. And the best basketball conference in the country gets even better. No question. Dennis Dodd, our guest here, columnist for CBS Sports, cbssports.com. Dennis, is there any scenario you can see, given the issues with the Pac-12, that that conference goes away? Uh, I don't think so now. Um, I think they're far enough down the road where if they have to swallow hard and take uh, a lower-than-market number, they're going to do it and continue on. I mean, but as I've written, I think it's less about, oh, are they going to make more than the Big 12, plus or minus? It's less about that than, as I said up front, up top, visibility. Uh, There are basically no windows for them to be seen right now. You've got the SEC and Big 10 dominating everything from about noon till the late night window. Uh, ESPN wants some Pac-12 games because they don't have anything in the fourth window, basically that 10 p.m. Eastern time on. So that would they would get a piece, but that's not a lot uh, in terms of revenue for the Pac-12. It'd be great for ESPN. They yeah. want the Big Ten. You know, they also Big Ten. They'd have some Pac-12 at the end of the day. Uh, and after all, they do call themselves a worldwide leader. So there's that. Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot to talk about with the Pac-12, but I think we're, I think we're far enough along that I don't think it breaks up. Even if they lose some teams to the big 12, it would be around in some form because as I wrote last week, I, I think San Diego State's all but, uh, a sure, you know, guaranteed spot in the Pac-12 and expansion in some sort of way. I'll end with this. And you wrote this in the column. If the big 12 is interested in, you know, Arizona State, Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, Utah, Colorado. Now, maybe with Deion Sanders at Colorado, maybe more so. Um, do those schools want out? I mean, if, if you stuck a needle in them, a truth serum, and said, "Okay, you want out of this conference," what do you think they would say? Oh, I think they'd rather. I think they'd rather stay. Okay. Um, but Brett Yormark is somewhat. I would call him a visionary. I, you know, I don't. I don't know how it's going to end. But what he's done and what he's proposing has been very progressive and forward thinking. Um, the Pac-12 is just trying to survive. Uh, you know, look, there's all kinds of issues if those Pac-12 schools move to the Big 12 travel, uh, you know, recruiting, what have you. 
um, you know, to the point that the Pac-12 is so desperate for, um, I guess, you know, eyeballs that they might admit SMU as well to get a, a foothold in Texas. I don't know if SMU de- delivers Texas, but a lot of people do. Wow. Uh, the scenario just keeps continuing. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, where can people see your work? I appreciate it, Steve. Yep. Where can people see your work? Give right. yourself a plug here. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, just cdsports.com. It's really easy. Okay. <laughs> I know. Appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this, Dennis. All right. Thank you. You got it. He is at those meetings right now. Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, cbssports.com. And when I read that column, I just had to have him come on because with all the NIL and with all you know National Signing Day and all of that taking precedent, which it, it does, there's still these underlying issues here because I personally do not think that uh, expansion is over. I don't think conference realignment is over. And it'll be interesting that if the Pac-12, if the Big Ten do some things, will that affect any other conferences to, I'm sorry, the Big 12, to do anything else? So stay tuned for this because it's going to be interesting to see where it all goes. Uh, okay. Todd says, want to start by saying teams playing with effort, Gator basketball, see confidence building. I think they're talented, believe the quicker tempo plays into their strength. I don't mind open threes, but which analytics show we should be shooting so many threes? It seems too many points are left off the board or handed to opponents on following possession. I guess if defense is sound, we can overcome the point differential. Um, Todd, I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to say this in a, a vacuum, okay? I don't know even at the middle school level. If you, I mean, look, we all know certain players can shoot better than others. I, I think we all, and I don't care what level you're talking about, right? But if you have an open look, if you're telling your team don't take that, I, I, I don't know what confidence that sends, Right? You, you, I think you have to, to take, in some instances. Now, look, you're not going to have Jason Jatobo take a three. I, I get it, but if you have guys that normally take threes, then I think you live with that. I just do. And Florida's never going to be a, a, a high volume offensive team. Alabama is probably the only team in the league. Maybe Arkansas, where you know they're they're pretty offensively driven. Everybody else, as we have said, it's become a defensive league. Uh, let's see. Larry says we're the only SEC school that's made to play Kentucky twice every year. I don't know about every year. Um, Tennessee plays them twice this year. I know that. Um, so at least for this year, I know Florida is not. The only team. Uh, Monty says, assuming baseball players are benefiting from NIL, is it impacting participation in the minor leagues? No. No. Um, Because, again, what happens with with Major League Baseball? You either 
go in the draft or not. So, no, uh, if, if I understand the question, it doesn't have any effect at all. And uh, Art says, classy interview with Josh Rivera. Most baseball players interview with respect for the team first, rarely compliment themselves. I wish all other sports athletes carried themselves like that. Baseball seems to be more of a disciplined sport than other sports. Eh, I don't know. But it was a good interview with him and glad you enjoyed it. That's our first hour. One more interview. Jack Givens from Kentucky will tell you about the Wildcats next. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. One CG Gainesville from the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN. Who can you trust with your automobile these days? Hey, it's Steve Russell. As you drive around town, you'll see a lot of auto repair shop chain stores. Every time you go in there, there's a new person behind the counter with the same old song and dance, presenting you with a long list of expensive repairs. If you're tired of that type of treatment, do what I and thousands of families have done since 1975. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. Dave Mays Automotive is family owned and operated, and you can tell because they treat their customers like family. No long list of surprises. In fact, their famous bug checks designed to prevent surprises. They do it all. They'll take care of your entire vehicle. Dave Mays Automotive is located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sunny's on Waldo Road. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. They'll get the bugs out. Dave Mays Automotive. We get the bugs. All of them bugs. Everyone's talking about regenerative medicine now because people who have joint pain are getting real lasting relief without drugs or surgery. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting treatment. They use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body to restore and repair damaged joint tissue. If you have ongoing joint pain from arthritis or injury, you need to call QC Kinetics. Don't assume that steroids and surgery are your only options. Times have changed, and regenerative medicine can get you moving again with no downtime. Stop taking the pain meds and discover this remarkable alternative that pro athletes have been using for years. Thanks to QC Kinetics, this amazing treatment option is now available for folks like you and me who are sick and tired of joint pain. Spring's coming, and you want to enjoy all life has to offer. Call QC Kinetics now and get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Now with clinics in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 850 AM. WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Thursday. Zach producing the broadcast today. Thanks to the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, for being here. Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com, also here. And a Gators shortstop, Josh Rivera, joining us here live on the program as well. Well, up next, after a really nice win over Tennessee, and we'll get your thoughts on that game a little bit later, Florida has to go to Rupp Arena in this tough stretch of four games here where they play at Kansas State, Tennessee, at Kentucky, at Alabama. 
Jack Goose Givens joins us now. Former really great player at Kentucky, now part of the radio broadcast team. Jack, good to have you. Thanks for taking time. Thanks so much, Steve. Good to be on with you. Same here. Uh, boy, what a roller coaster. It's been my way here, too, Jack, but kind of a roller coaster ride with Kentucky. Let's go back to the start of the season when, you know, things weren't going totally right. In your view, what wasn't going right? Um, well, you know, there were a number of things that seemed to be an issue with uh, with this team. I, I think, as is the case most of the time, most of those issues start on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, we were not uh, defending quite as well as, as we are now. Kentucky uh, seemed to struggle. Um, and, and it was kind of hard to explain because we had some pretty good athletes and we thought, some pretty good players. Um, so the start was just, in addition to everything else, it was very frustrating because uh, Coach Howell was Coach Cal was telling everybody how good this team was, and this team is good. Uh, they just were not clicking. Obviously, new pieces uh, come into play. It takes time to get that on everybody on the same page, and we saw a little bit of all of that early on in the season. You look at Kentucky now, and I guess the opposite is if you flip the page, Jack, um, they made some personnel changes, and, you know, ha- has that affected, you know, who's coming in, who's coming out? Has that helped this turnaround for Kentucky as well? Yeah, no question about that. Um, you know, Xavier Wheeler, who um, is an excellent point guard, I mean, his numbers and his history prove that. He's led the SEC in assists the last three seasons. He's done a lot of things well. Uh, uh, the problem is he's not a really, really good outside shooter. So although he's at a career high on his, you know, his three-point shooting, uh, so that's a little bit hard to understand. But he's not a really good shooter. Teams were backing off of him, which enabled them to double-team Oscar uh, Shibway in the middle, make it tougher for him. Uh, some other guys had not been making shots, so Kentucky facing were facing uh, packed-in zones all the time, and and teams uh, were playing them a lot differently. Coach Cal makes a change. Kaysen Wallace, who is an excellent uh, young player, freshman, uh, has taken over the point guard spot. Now, Kaysen and Xavier played a lot together anyway, but now you have a couple of shooters, C.J. Frederick, who's struggling a little bit right now, putting the ball in the basket, and... um, Antonio Reeves, both of those guys can shoot the basketball. So with the three of those guys in there now, including Case and Wallace, it opens up the paint a little bit more for Oscar. It gives uh, Jacob Toppin opportunity to run more freely. So the flow of the offense seems to be uh, so much better. Plus, it's helped on the defensive end as well because Case and Wallace at 6'5 is a lot taller than Xavier Wheeler, who is uh, uh, a lot of people think, Jack, that the league this year has really become a defensive league. Do you agree with that? Yeah, you know, it, 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 if you go back to the good old days, <laughs> and you don't even have to go back as far as when I was playing, uh, you know, it was known as a defensive league. Uh, rules changed and offense became more prolific and you saw more scoring. 
And now, once again, teams, um, you know, you, you really have to think defense first because that's what uh, everyone in the league seems to be excelling at. Yeah, you know, you have teams that can and players that can put the ball in the basket. There's no question about that. But, uh, yeah, uh, I think our team, you know, a lot of people talked about the changes we made on offense and the lineup and all of that stuff, kind of indicating that it's, made us better offensively in some ways it has but it's also uh, helped out this team a lot defensively and uh, you know this team is defending better so but i think that is the situation throughout the entire league i hope i ask a fair question here jack because you obviously played at kentucky and you know played really really well because of their history because of the blue blood nature of the program is there, as a player, is there a lot of pressure playing at a school like that? Yes. Uh, to, to, <laughs> the, short, the short answer is yes. Uh, you know, there, there is pressure. Uh, I think Coach Cal does a good job of letting players know that, uh, but what to expect when you come into this season. I don't know. I don't care how much you um, you tell a guy that that. The fans are, in a lot of ways, spoiled. Um, the fans, in a lot of ways, ask for way more than a guy might be capable of producing. Coach Cal does a great job of uh, trying his best to enlighten the players to that. But the fact of the matter is, until you go through it, you really don't know what it's like playing here. And it's very hard to uh, verbalize to a young guy who, who uh, has always been the best player on the floor and on his team and all of that stuff that goes along with it. it it's hard to do that. Now, with uh, social media and all the stuff guys have to deal with today, it, it's, it's really, really tough uh, because it's everywhere, man. You know, we, we got the newspaper every day, and that's about what all it was. You know, <laughs> right. back in the day. Yeah. But but you know it it's it's very difficult, and uh, it gives uh, the fans. And sometimes, and it's no question about it. Sometimes some of the comments are made from uh, folks who are not Kentucky fans, but they want you to believe they are. And players read that stuff, and it and it does get to them. So it does add pressure, but. Uh, I, I think over the course of the season, you learn how to handle that. Jack Givens, our guest, uh, former Kentucky player, uh, now part of the radio broadcast team. I couldn't wait to ask you this. What are your thoughts on NIL and the transfer portal? Um, well, you can't talk to them in the same, uh, at the same sentence. So first, let me, let me deal with the NIL. Okay. Uh, I, I, I love the NIL. I love that players have an opportunity to earn money. Uh, look, when, when I was in school, we got $15 a month. They called it laundry money. And, uh, you know, fortunately, I'm from here in Lexington, grew up right here, so I could take my laundry home to my mom who enjoyed, well, I don't want to say enjoyed, but she did my laundry. <laughs> she did it, yeah. <laughs> so my $15 didn't necessarily have to go to laundry. But, uh, you know, coaches make huge money. Uh, it seems that everybody was making money, sporting goods companies and everybody else was making money off the players except the players. So I'm very, very happy uh, that 
players can now make some money. Um, and I, I know that speaking as a former player, I mean, I, I get that. But you tell me that all we're worth is $15 a month? Uh, and I'm going to argue with you all day about that. Um, now, to speak to the portal, um, I, I, I think what ultimately happens in that situation is every now and then you find a guy who can come in on this level and produce and produce daily, uh, game by game. What you find out over the long haul is there was a reason a guy was at a, at a, a smaller college, at a mid-major or less. Um, because coming into the SEC and competing every day against the kind of competition, uh, it catches up. It shows the true colors, if you will, mm-hmm. of the players that, uh, that transfer in the portal. It, it, it stands up. There's no question about it. So I also agree that players should be able to go because – your coach can leave Florida one year and end up at another school the next year competing against uh, you. So why couldn't the, shouldn't a player be able to do that? I am all in favor of everything that works for the coaches should at least be available to the players. So while I will say this uh, about both of them in the same sentence, there better be some controls put in place very quickly <laughs> or this thing is – going to get more out of hand, both the portal and the NIL. It's going to get more and more and more out of control, man. And I'll be the first to admit that it has gotten to that point. But I, I just don't know how you're going to, going to make changes if you don't make them very quickly. I, I got to tell you, in all candor, in, in speaking to Jack, um, he played an alligator alley. I watched him play. We're contemporaries as far as age. Watch you play here in the alley. So, pleasure to have you here. Uh, I want to leave with this, Jack. Who's the best team you've seen in the SEC so far? Um, I will say this real quickly about playing in the alley, man. Yeah. My, my back is still hurting from those students. <laughs> fraternity guys sitting behind us kicking the whole game. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, the best team I've seen in the SEC uh, thus far uh, has been Bama, uh, and I'm just going from the game that that Kentucky played uh, against them. But they had a lot of pieces um, uh, that 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 were working well. But on any given night, as we found out last night with your game against Tennessee, anything can happen. Tennessee didn't play its best against Kentucky. I would like to say that Kentucky had a little bit to do with that. But um, but I think Bama so far has, has been the best. Pleasure to speak with you, Jack. And when Florida plays Kentucky second time around, try, we'll try to get you back. But appreciate you doing this. Thanks for the time. I enjoyed it very much, Steve. You got it. Thanks. Jack Goose Givens. Uh, watching, he played at Kentucky when I was in school. And uh, he's right. Anybody who remembers the alley, uh, fond memories of that place. Uh, he was a terrific player. First-round draft choice, too. I think Atlanta. I think Atlanta drafted him, but he was a first-round draft choice. 114, time check brought to you by Hayes Shillery. We'll open up the phone lines for you. Emails as well. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center. Here's what's trending now. 
on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Ainsley Davis. Florida women's basketball returns home to take on Texas A&M tonight. The Gators hope to improve their 13-8 record with a win against the 6-13 Aggies. Tip-off is at 6, catch coverage here starting at 545. Number 2 Gator Gymnastics hits the road tomorrow to take on number 18 Arkansas. Two SEC Weekly Award winners will compete in the meet. Also in Gator Sports, men's basketball is traveling this weekend to take on Kentucky Saturday afternoon. Florida hopes to use the momentum from last night's victory over number 2 Tennessee. In high school girls hoops, Wildwood will take on Trenton in the championship game at 7.30 tonight. On the boys' side, Buholds will host Hawthorne and The Rock will take on Newberry. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Ainsley Davis. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-513-1652. 800-513-1652. That's 800-513-1652. When was the last time you had a burger? No, I mean a real burger, not something you got from a drive-thru. If it's been a while, you need to head to Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. The burgers at Copper Monkey West have been voted best in the area for years. They're legendary. That's not all. USDA choice steaks, ribeye, filet, New York strip, and Philly cheesesteaks, chicken sandwiches, salmon, and more. Their sandwiches are now made with boar's head meat. Copper Monkey West has a full bar featuring many local brews, all served to you by some of the nicest, friendliest folks around. Takeout available, Copper Monkey West in Jonesville. Mmm, it really does taste that good. Time for new tires? Well, trust the experts at TireRack.com. They've been crushing it for over 40 years. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan, tell them what you drive, and you can use their easy-to-use decision guide. They'll show you the right tires for how and what and where you drive. They've got the full lineup of Hankook tires, test results, tire ratings, consumer reviews, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Time for new tires? Well, trust the experts at TireRack.com. They've been crushing it for over 40 years. Go to TireRack.com slash Dan, tell them what you drive, and you can use their easy-to-use decision guide. They'll show you the right tires for how and what and where you drive. They've got the full lineup of Sumitomo tires. Test results, tire ratings, consumer reviews, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. This is Gatorhead football coach Billy Napier, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. We're going to talk about Gator football before we're done today. But in the meantime, we'll open the phone lines. The rest of the time is us, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. D joins us. What's up, D? Hey, Steve. Uh, cloud nine, baby. Cloud nine. Great, great, uh, great, great win last night, man. Uh, you know, you know, we got off to a quick start, which was uh, a rarity for us. Uh, and then, you know, Tennessee chipped away just like I expected them to. And, uh, you know, at 44-39, I thought the game might get away. But, I mean, they, 
they were resilient, man. Came back. Um, you know, the story coming into the game was Tennessee's defense, but, you know, our defense really, uh, you know, locked them down. You know, was it 29% shooting? Um, I think they only hit three or four, three, four, four threes. Um, you know, they all out offensive rebounded us by 13. That was disturbing. But, I mean, like I said, man, we're a small team, so it's that's just something we're going to have to live with. And uh, But, you know, they, they just they just hit timely shots, man. Lofton in that three. Uh, Castleton did his thing. And I tell you, Steve, that press breaker where they scored, man, that was a thing of beauty. The ball never hit the ground. They attacked the press to score. So, I mean, just, just an overall great uh, great win for, for the team because we, we desperately needed that one. Yeah. Uh, look, I think when we looked at the schedule and you saw this you know, four-game stretch here, I think everybody thought, get one. And then you have a decent chance to at least sniff the NCAA tournament if you take care of business. And where's the best place to get that? At home. Home. Right? So it shouldn't be a surprise that Kansas State beat Florida on the road. They're a good team. And with all the Keontae business. And to Florida's credit, after getting punched in the nose there, when they did not play very well, they did not. They came here, crowd was helpful, and, you know, they beat a Tennessee team that if I'm a Tennessee fan today, they've had some head-scratching games offensively. I I, I don't know, right? CBS Sports did a thing, D, and and this is where Tennessee is. They they were a 16-point favorite against Colorado, who's now 4-8 and in the Pac-12. Lost. Lost to Kentucky when Kentucky was not playing well at all. And then they were a road favorite last night and lost to Florida. Florida had a 1-7 record in quad one chances. Did you know that? They were 1-7 yeah. before last night. So, I mean, Tennessee's good. But if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm a little scared because when their offense goes south, it really seems yeah. to go south. Yeah, they. I just listened to some stuff up there this morning. They don't. They don't have a go-to guy, Steve. Uh, you know, to me, when they're at their best, is the, the key. The key for them is uh, Josiah Jordan James. When he's on and giving them something offensively, then they're hard to beat. But he was a no-show, and that. And Steve, just to, uh, you know, we always talk about five stars developing. That kid was a five-star top twenty player, and he still hasn't shown the ability to take over games he's he's not that guy so uh like you said man they when they they struggle just like every other sec team having those long droughts scoring droughts and uh there's no kennedy chandler on this team so uh yeah they better win defensively like us yeah i mean you know you you can nitpick and you can uh give statistics till you're you know blue in the teeth but CBSSports.com did a really good job of doing this with Tennessee. They're the only school in the top 10 of the top 25 and one, they call it and one of their poll, that doesn't rank at least in the top 35 of both adjusted offensive efficiency and adjusted defensive efficiency. So again, even though they're a good defensive team, that number doesn't lie. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. They're a good team. But I think if you're a Tennessee fan, you know, Florida fans freak out over not making the NCAA tournament. 
Tennessee's fans freak out because they never do anything in the NCAA tournament. Right. Yeah, it's, Barnes is just one of these coaches you can't you can't trust him much. I don't care how great of a regular season he has. So, but uh, Colton, like I said, Steve, great win, and uh, we know what we got coming Saturday, but we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Be All right. Safe. Appreciate you, D. Thank you for your call. Three nine two eight two five five. You can email uh, s russell at wruf dot com. I have a theory. I was thinking about this last night, watching the Gator team play, and I'm thinking they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. And even today, right? Some of the some of the callers and emailers have been. We don't shoot the three. I wonder today if we don't celebrate wins enough. Because I don't think we do. I don't think we do at all. Now, look, it depends also who you're talking about, right? If you're, if you're, if you're the Chiefs, Right, and they finish what thirteen and three most years, or whatever. They were another seventeen games. Well, I wonder if their fans lament the four losses or the three losses, as opposed to the thirteen or fourteen wins. I think we do that a lot now as fans. We just don't celebrate enough. Instead, we nitpick. Well, we're only three of ten from the arc. Okay, so what? On that one day, on that one night, I don't care what you shot. You just beat the number two team in the country. Go celebrate. I I don't think we do enough of that. And that's sad. And again, I think social media is to blame for that, at least in part. Because even when you're good, Right when when you're expected to win, and you just heard Jack Givens say there's an enormous amount of pressure to play basketball at Kentucky because of what's expected, what the what the fan base expectation is for that program year in and year out. And look, you know what you're getting into when you go, right? But look, you can be told that you can be. Told that to your blue in the face. But until you face it, until you go so on social media, until you hear talk shows like this, well, then, yeah. Um, anyway, we'll take calls. 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. By the way, if you missed the show today, you can catch it online. You can catch the interview we had with Gator shortstop Josh Rivera who joined us today. The voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, was here today. And uh, former Kentucky great Jack Givens, now part of their broadcast network, also here talking about Kentucky. And then Dennis Dodd, CBSSports.com, is at the uh, big uh, 12 meetings. And he talked about what might happen there, the possibility of Oklahoma and Texas leaving the conference early. He's hearing that could happen. I think it's going to happen. Not this year, obviously. But I think by 2024, they're in the SEC. And that would coincide with, you know, new rules, new teams, et cetera. That should be pretty good. 
Uh, Todd had a clarification. He said, when Florida grabs an eight-point lead, why shoot so many threes? Well, again, if you have an open look, take it. Would you rather shoot an open three or a contested two? And look, they did a good job last night with Castleton. You, you, as a coach, you got to give your players the confidence that okay, if you're, I mean, look, you know who's struggling among all this. I mean, if you take what Florida has done, right? Who's who's the one guy right now that really seems to be struggling? Reeves, big time. He's struggling. Why? I mean, he, he almost seems nervous, like, i got to put up a shot. And that's because he's used to scoring, in my opinion at least, and he's not. So, you know, a little pressure, and you want to score, you want to help, and all of a sudden, you don't. That's tough. 128, time check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Flagship of the Florida Gators, ESPN 981 FM at 8.50 AM, WRUF. Hey, Steve Russell here. I want to tell you about the Road Heaver Boys Ranch in Palatka. This facility houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes and is sustained by donated cars, trucks, boats, RVs, or any vehicle. Donations are tax-deductible and go a long way towards helping these boys learn real-life skills by repairing the vehicles and reselling them. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch has been helping boys for over 70 years. They need your help. So please consider donating your unused or unwanted vehicle. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org and learn more. We know that we can depend on Gator Nation to step up when you're needed. The Roadheaver Boys Ranch has been helping at-risk young boys from troubled homes for over 70 years, and they need your help now more than ever. So please consider donating your car, truck, boat, RV, or any vehicle to help these boys. They learn real-life skills by repairing them and reselling them to sustain the facility. Donations are tax-deductible. Cash donations accepted all also, Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org to learn more. Thanks again. I don't want to go to bed at night dreading waking up in the morning knowing that I'm going to feel like a rusty lawn chair getting out of bed and getting opened up and not being able to really move for a couple hours really throughout the day. For former college and pro football player Bobby Carpenter and those dealing with daily aches and pains, QC Kinetics Regenerative Pain Treatments are a game changer, providing long-lasting relief. Go into a specific joint, a specific region, and then help promote that healing process using your own body's mechanisms to heal. I mean, that's been something that's pretty powerful and there's no surgery, there's no downtime. QC Kinetics natural treatments help the body heal and restore itself. No more rusty lawn chair. It's no surprise to see people being willing to try this first, especially when it has such great results. Pain relief the natural way. QC Kinetics. Call today for your complimentary consultation. Find out if you're a good candidate for treatment. Call QC Kinetics. 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Now with offices in Gainesville, Ocala, and the Villages. 352-400-4550. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Sun and clouds today with highs in the upper 70s. There's a front that's slowly approaching from the west. It should approach and move through our area overnight into tomorrow morning. Skies turning cloudy tonight. Lows in the upper 50s and lower 60s. Widespread showers and a few thunderstorms tomorrow during the late morning into the early afternoon. A few storms could be strong, turning cooler and breezy for the weekend. From the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. CJ McCollum. 
and other NBA players have came out and said they don't believe that refereeing in the league has been good. It's been an ongoing issue. So they want refs to be fine if they make mistakes. And I cannot disagree more. At the end of the day, if you're going to find refs, it's going to make them more nervous down the stretch to, to make calls. Key, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. From athlete activism to athletic achievements, we have you covered. Your home for every important sports story. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Final half hour of the program, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Tennessee Mike, hello. Hey, Steve. Win or lose, usually here. Let's talk some ball. All right. <laughs> hey, Steve, first off, I want to give you a little uh, credit and then the Florida team some credit and a little uh, basketball 101 maybe. Steve, you mentioned yesterday, I believe the last line I saw was Tennessee minus five on this game. And I remember yesterday on your show you were talking about, it's why we watch sports, right? Crazy things happen. I mean, as great as the win was last night for you guys, it wasn't like Florida was a 15-point dog last night. No, no. But, I mean, I don't think, you know, given Tennessee's number two ranking, given how they were playing, uh, I can tell you not a lot of Gator fans gave Florida much of a chance last night. But that's, yeah. again, why well, you play. I, I did, yeah, I did see that Colorado game you mentioned earlier, and Tennessee's have a bad habit of falling asleep. But I just, I just was giving you some credit for pointing out that that's why they play the games, right? Sure. That's yep. why things happen. Also, a little knick-knack here, Steve. Last time Tennessee was in Gainesville, um, two years ago, Mike White, Tennessee scored 49 points. Yeah, y- y'all jacking the chlorine up in the pool, Steve? Y'all still got the, got the pool connected over there? <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, certain arenas, so- sometimes that does happen, just for whatever uh, the reason. Yeah, it's just probably a coincidence, but I thought that was worth throwing out there. But, hey, Steve, these days, um, looking at the game, I watched it. I thought Florida was very active on defense and um, bothered Tennessee throughout the game. The first two things I look at after a game when I go to the box score is um, three-point shooting and free-throw percentage. And um, uh, when you go and, – and I thought most of those threes that Tennessee took were bothered. I didn't see too many un, unbothered threes that Tennessee got. But when you shoot 20% from three – and most Tennessee fans just think about the NCAA tournament anymore considering Barnes' track record. If you shoot 20% from three, you're probably going home, and that, that's generally universal for most teams. Well, but Florida made just two more threes. Oh, did they? Well, what did Florida yeah. shoot from three? They were seven of 20 from three. What does that break down to, about 32 Yeah, 35%, something like that. But I think that's about the national average. I think I'd have to Google it. or I think if you're shooting 35 33% from three, I think that's right on the national average. But when you start getting down into the teens, 20% from three, especially in the NCAA tournament, you're going home. I, maybe that's just how important the three-point shot's gotten in, in modern college basketball. But that's just what I look at. in the. Uh, but I just thought you were a good win for Florida and all that. But I'll tell you one thing, Steve. Um, you know, this guy you all got um, coming off the Bruce Pearl tree, um, a lot of Kentucky fans, Kentucky coming to town, they're kind of sick of Calipari, although Kentucky's got it in gear now. Steve, I'll tell you, Tennessee fans are about over. Uh-oh. 
when, when, you, when you don't do it in the NCAA tournament, that goes back to maybe what Billy did back-to-back. You'll probably never see that again, especially in the era of NIL. If you can't get it, I mean, it's, it's really about March, and I just, you know, I'm just kind of waiting on the real season to begin. Well, see, and I, and I think that's completely wrong. I, I do. Because well, I'll leave with this, Steve. Um, I like 538.com. You ever consult that website? No. It's uh, You know what it is, though, right? Yes. Okay. Um, since the NCAA tournament went to um, 64 teams in 1985, they did a, a, a study, a breakdown statistically. The, the information now is about three or four years old now, but there have been like 535 coaches that have coached in the NCAA tournament since 1985 in terms of outliving your seed or underperforming. And out of 565 coaches, Steve, Barnes is next to dead last in the NCAA tournament. Well, that's why I got fired. That's why I got fired at Texas. What I'm trying to say to you is, that's a case of one coach. But when you said it earlier, you said that's when the real season begins. Yeah, exactly. Well, but then you're then you're not really a fan because you're discounting the journey to get there. No, I mean, uh, regular season, yeah, they hang banners for regular season championships and SEC tournament championships. I used to see Bruce Pearl wear out Billy in the regular season, Steve. But who remembers it? I remember it. Well, not 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 that deeply, I wouldn't think. It's a tournament sport for good or ill, and I'm just mainly great game, um, all that. Right, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you, Mike. Stop. Stop, Mike. Let me ask you a question, okay? You think Tennessee fans in football remember this year? Uh, I don't know, man. It's, once again, it's all about the postseason, right? It's about you you didn't answer my now. question. Do you think Tennessee I, fans remember this season fondly? I think uh, no. No? You miss, you, miss, you miss the playoff. See, that, okay, that's, that's exactly that's – ex, you are exactly the poster child for what's wrong well, with fans. I'll leave you with this, Steve. I'll leave you with this, Steve. Nobody defines what a fan is. We all look at sports our own way. But um, I'll just tell you this. Most Tennessee fans haven't gotten over losing Bruce Pearl. Okay, thank you. I don't know what the, what the hell that has to do with it. But my point is this. If, if your judgment – and I just – if, if his judgment for Tennessee – after as poorly as they have been over the past few years, and, and you're telling me the season's not a success because you didn't make the playoff? Well, then the season's only a success for four teams. That's it. Then by using that, that moniker, everybody else not successful. And that's just nonsense. Greg, hello. Steve, uh, and this isn't why I call, but I have to say it. That guy is Tennessee Mike. I have to give him credit for calling after a loss, but he is the most passive-aggressive caller you've ever had. And I've listened to you, Steve, since you did dial a score back in the day. I would ask you for a Purdue, you know, Ohio State game score just to get on air. I go way back listening to you. That is the most passive-aggressive caller you've ever had. But, Steve, I want to give you credit. That's why I called. I asked you before the K-State game, and I just want to give you props because you want to your horn, which is why many of us love your show and love you. But I asked you before the K-State game, it was like the, during that fourth week of January, I said, if Steve, of all the teams we're about to play, Kansas State, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Alabama, which one will win? Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. You said Tennessee. You said, I, if I had to pick, yep. I, would, I would pick the Tennessee game. So I just right. wanted to give you credit for that. That's it. Go Gators. How amazing is it when they start off hot and not have to work their way up hot? I love the caller who said way back when to you, he said, maybe we can just – trick the team and tell them it's the second half from the beginning. And because if this team starts off like they did 
last night, they will be in every game, no matter who they play. Their biggest Achilles heel is the slow start. And this is a product of a, fa- a start, a fast start, and then not getting down when they were coming back and being able to fight back. That is how this team, a lot of us, saw the potential, I think. But I just wanted to give you credit for that pick, Steve. You nailed it, and go Gators. All right. Thank you, Greg. Appreciate that. Um, here's the thing. I was more impressed last night with the fact that when Tennessee went up by five or six, I, I, I'm thinking, Gator fans are thinking, oh, boy, okay, it's been nice here. Well, the fact that they responded the way that they did and won going away says a lot, too. But I'm with you, Greg. It certainly gives you a lot of confidence when you get out of the gate and you're performing well. But I love the way they hung in there when they got behind. Uh, William says Gators go to Arkansas, another tough place to play, another chance to chalk up another quality victory. Yep. And like I said, before last night, Florida was 1-7 and seven in quad one games. Vince says, sure, it's been discussed. Wanted to say happily I was wrong on my game thoughts yesterday. I liked the game plan. Thought it was our most complete game on both ends of the floor. Enjoyed w- watching Castle and step up in that second half and take over. Hope this serves as a catalyst for continued improvement and maybe a push to the postseason. Enjoy the show. Vince, I think you speak for a lot of Gator fans uh, in that regard. Um, you know, can't, 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 are we going to look back, you know, a month from now and say this was sort of the game that, you know, turned it around? That remains to be seen, but it certainly is a possibility, and uh, we will see. All right, I wanted to bring up in the last segment here uh, Billy Napier because a couple of people emailed after his press conference yesterday and uh, basically said that he was dodging uh, the questions that were asked about Rashada. Well, look, the way that NIL is structured, coaches are not supposed to be involved in that. Now you can laugh and snicker and because I, I get it, okay? My impression of him, and I'm gonna tell you, he sat right across from me one time. That's it. And I hope I get to do more. Uh, that he's a pretty straight shooter. And I think there were things he just could not say yesterday about it. And Even if he did, what purpose does it serve now? Florida needs to move on. Rashada is moving on. Good for him. He ain't here. Billy did say we're going to be in the market for another quarterback in the transfer portal. That'll happen probably after spring practice when somebody isn't happy with where they are on the depth chart. So, I don't know what else anybody would want him to say. I just don't think it serves any purpose. And I had absolutely no problem with what he said. Because, again, you're not supposed to be involved in it. Sam says, Steve, if that win yesterday was indicative of the way Florida will play for the rest of the year, could they be an NCAA tournament team? Yes. Yes. But but the way you categorized it, Sam, 
if the play of last night is indicative. Because they were better. Look, it's all about what you do on a given night, right? You can be 9 out of 10 times a team can beat you, but it's the one time. Well, I'm not saying it was 9 out of 10, but we all thought Tennessee was better and that Tennessee probably was going to win here. They didn't. And that's all that matters. 143, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Final segment coming up, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Ainsley Davis. Florida women's basketball returns home to take on Texas A&M tonight. The Gators hope to defeat the Aggies for the second time this season. Coverage starts right here at 545. Also in Gators hoops, the men's basketball team will hit the road to take on the Kentucky Wildcats on Saturday. Florida enters the contest coming off of a 67-54 upset over number 2 Tennessee last night. In gymnastics, the Gators will travel tomorrow to take on number 18 Arkansas. High school girls hoops heats up tonight with Wildwood taking on Trenton in the championship game at 7.30. On the boys' side, games include Buholtz versus Hawthorne and The Rock against Newberry. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Ainsley Davis. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Yeah, remember when all phones sounded like that? Hey, it's Brian Mudd, and I sure do. But you've got to go with the times, so go with Affinity Cellular. Affinity is offering three months free service and a free flip or smartphone with a 30-day guarantee. Happy with your current phone? That works, too. Get unlimited talk and text for as little as $15 a month. Get started right now at Affinity, with an A, Cellular.com. Affinity Cellular, everything you need and nothing you don't. Can I have some ice cream? I've got a better idea. Who wants to help me make something fun and healthy instead? Me! Eating smarter is easy and delicious. Interested in receiving healthy recipes and a whole lot more in your email? Then register at healthiestweightfl.com and learn more about all the small steps that you can take on the way to living healthy. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. This Valentine's Day, you'll fall in love with our Amore Valentino menu at Pomodoro's. Take advantage of our special menu with your special someone this Valentine's Day at Pomodoro's with special appetizers, entrees, and more. Visit PomodoroCafe.com. Pomodoro, it's the place if you're craving a getaway. It's the true Trattoria and Gainesville Florida at Pomodoro Cafe. Before New Cascade Platinum Plus, I would pre-rinse all my dishes because my old detergent just wouldn't get them clean. But now, I do dishes differently. A no pre-wash, no rewash, money-back guaranteed kind of different. Because Cascade Platinum Plus has double the grease fighting power of Dawn built right in with twice the scrubbing power, giving me a clean that lets me break all the dish rules. I just scrape, load, and I'm done. Yep, <laughs> so clean. With Cascade Platinum Plus, I dare to dish differently. Follow ESPN Gainesville on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay up to date with the latest information, interviews, stories, contests, and events. We are 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gator Volleyball Head Coach Mary Wise, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, 
the home of the Florida Gators. Thank you, Coach. By the way, uh, Gators softball, just a few days from starting their uh, season, and the preseason all-SEC softball team was announced, and Florida has Sharla Eccles, Kendra Falby, Skylar Wallace on the preseason all-SEC team. So congratulations to them. J.D., hello. Hey, Steve. Uh, a couple couple things about basketball and, and football. Um, the first thing I want to say is Rashada. Uh, and I don't want to go deep into that. You, you beat that to death. My concern about that whole thing was not any of the NIL, any of the other stuff. It is who made the decision and why you would recruit a guy, a kid like that. Now, you can say, oh, yeah, but he was – He's from California. Obviously, he had baggage. He had an agent or whatever. His dad was an A, whatever. You knew there was a lot of baggage with that when you recruited him, I would think. Uh, so that's a, that's a concern I had is who made the decision to recruit the kid because there had to have been other options out there. Uh, second is, now, last year was a, was a bad – I mean, you, you had a short window – uh, and then, but this year you had a whole window, so you don't get any quarterbacks. You got one project that you brought in last year, and none this year. So that there's that. In basketball, Steve, you know we brought in two new head coaches from a lesser lesser division. Uh, in basketball, we started off so slow, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's in over his head. I can see it now, Steve. I can, the team has so much improved. Uh, particularly defensively, and I can see it. I can see it in basketball. I don't. I'm yet to see it in, in football. I'm. I'm. I'm not there. I know you said the press conference people were critical about how you answer questions. I, I you know, this, that, the other. I'm concerned about uh, coaching staff, offensive and defensive coordinators. Whether the guys who are capable of coaching in the SEC, there's a lot of concerns and recruiting. Recruiting that. It, you know, we were supposed to be a, a, a upgrade recruiting. Well, that's happened, but it hadn't happened to the level of, of uh, some of these other places. It's so, been one year, J.D., one. I know. It's been one year for Ryan Kelly, too, Steve. He's an established coach. Well, you know, when they when LSU I, – I was skeptical when LSU hired Brian Kelly. They didn't evidently give uh, our guy a sniff. And I thought, well, that's peculiar. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, just my thoughts, Steve. Thank you so much. All right, much. J.D., thank you. J.D., all respect to you, but you're the poster child, again, for the fan with no patience. That, I mean, that's just, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, yeah, he didn't inherit a good team, yeah, blah, 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 and then... Well, I'm really concerned about him. Right? I mean, time will tell. Gator Shane, hello. Hello, Steve. Hey, listen, I wanted to start things with, man, I thought that was a master class of basketball last night um, by Coach Golden. Um, I know a lot of people were at the game, but for the folks who were like myself a long way away and watch it on television, Dykes really, really gave Golden a lot of credit for the types of offenses they were running and how they were getting Castleton open 
and the effect he had on the team, it was it was masterful. Um, <laughs> the likes of which I don't think I've seen since personally since Billy Donovan. But um, where do you again? I guess a couple of folks have asked this question. But do you think this could be that the Nators have turned the corner, or are we going to go on the road against Kentucky and just not be able to hit a shot and lose by twenty? What are your thoughts? Uh, if you if you were listening earlier when the voice of the Gator, Sean Kelly, was here, uh, he said it best, right? That the way this team is right now, they could go out and do what they did last night. They could go out and not shoot the ball very well at all. Right. That's just who they are. But I will say this, they're not much different than a lot of teams. So, you know, what do you do on a given night? Last night, everything worked well. You were at home. It's harder to do that on the road. They didn't, they didn't handle Kansas State well at all. Could we look back on last night, you know, a month from now and say that was a turning point for the good? Sure we could, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to see home versus away on these games, too. And what impact that has. Well, and remember, you know, th- those other schools, Larry, they want to protect. I'm, I'm sorry, Shane. They want to protect their home floor too. Of course, of course, no, absolutely. And everybody, it, this is the time of year when everyone's trying to get quality wins. So every game is a quote unquote must win for most teams right now. So valid points. Um, I'll say this: I was excited when we hired Golden. Um, I've been frustrated at times. Early in the season, when I thought we were a little better than maybe we 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 tend you know tended to play, but I also agree that listen, you have a whole bunch of new guys out there playing with a whole new coaching staff, and it's got to take time to you know set things right, if you will. And um, I, I'm I'm excited about the future in basketball, without question. All right, thank you, Shane. Appreciate your call, Larry. Welcome to Sports Scene. Hey, Steve. Hey. Uh... Kudos to that team last night. Played hard, enjoyed watching the game. You just made it said what I called in to say. We are not much different than a lot of teams in the league right now. I've seen Kentucky a handful of times this year, and I'll tell you, if that that was a confidence booster for us last night or a, or a big rah-rah for the team in the locker room, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I mean, they're proving they can play with anybody in the league. They really are, so... Uh, that was a quality win. We really needed it. I'd love to win on Saturday. Well, I mean, look, at winning at Rupp is not easy, but this is not a vintage Kentucky team, at least now. Are they playing no, better than they were? Yes, they are. Are they still formidable? Yes, they are. But because of the schedule, Florida gets a shot at them at home as well. And so if you yep. split there, that's okay. That's huge. That's okay. Yep, absolutely is. Kentucky carries that staple with them. You know that that, you know who they are. We split with them. That's that's a big win in our, our you know, for going into the tournament. All right. That would that'd be great. Thanks, Dave. Yes, sir, Larry. Thank you for your call. John says, looking at UF's losses, I don't see a bad one. West Virginia was their worst loss. Uh, how does that help when NCAA selections occur? Because they played such a tough out of conference schedule. What record and conference need to be uh, at worst? Uh, assume no huge developments occur, just your standard year uh, opinion. I agree with Sean in this. I think it's going to take 10 league wins to be you know, pretty confident 
you have a chance. You know, can you get in with eight or nine? Depending on what everybody, you know, some other people do, yes. But I think 10 is probably the Magic League number. Uh, and he said five years ago, who would have ever thought this would be the next game for FSU and Louisville? Wow, as the ACC dropped in basketball. Yeah. FSU 7 and 16 against 3 and 19 Louisville. It, it makes my point. If you listen to me regularly, I always say this. Everybody goes in a down cycle. The key is how long you stay in it. Leonard Hamilton's teams were really good until this year. 7 and 16. Louisville with their pedigree, you know, Denny Crum, all that, Rick Patino, 3 and 19. How long do they stay down? That's the key. Porter, hello. Hey, Steve, uh, one quick question. People, I keep uh, hearing we haven't lost, don't have any bad losses. Um, I haven't paid any attention. Wasn't it Kennesaw State, I think, the, the, the second and third game? Have they been doing really well for me? I don't know anything about them, but um, that seems like it would be a not very good loss. It certainly felt bad at the time. I have no idea what Kennesaw's doing. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I'm, I was like well, maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe it was last year, but I'm pretty sure it was this year. But, um Anyhow, the, uh, the, the, the three-point shooter for, for Tennessee, I know the college and, and NBA rules are different. I know the NBA is really trying to uh, cut down on that. Do you know, or this might be better asked uh, of Mark Wise, what, what exactly is the, the rule as far as, I, uh, as, as I, the, the first one? It really should be an offensive foul. <laughs> you better, I mean, I know they're not going to do that, but um, I, I don't know the way the rule is written. If you know, I'd appreciate it. I know the college and pro is different, but. Okay, and by the way, I don't know. Kennesaw State, Florida won that game. Florida won. Oh, we lost like the third game. Florida or Atlantic, and they're in the top twenty-five. They're okay. Okay, I got them. They have one loss okay. on the on the entire year. Okay, it's FAU. All right, thank you. All right, okay, Steve, thanks. All right, Porter, thank you. I thought I'm not losing my mind, but I had to go back and make sure I was right. Uh, but yeah, they, and now that was a competitive game. I think it was an eight or a ten point game. I think against Kennesaw, but still, it was a win. Uh, and uh, let's see, one last email to end the day today. This is from Jason. Yeah, he makes a good point here. He says, Steve, when I hear fans like J.D. call, I just cringe. J.D., that's not me talking, that's him. What does one expect? I get the analogy with Brian Kelly because Brian Kelly at least early on, has made LSU more successful than Florida. I like the thing you said. He's a more established coach. As to why Florida didn't go after him, I'm not sure anybody knows except that Scott Strickland thought that Napier was the right guy. You have to give this some time. I don't care who the hire is to make sure it's the right or the wrong one. It's a fair point, he says, to say, how much time do you give somebody? But certainly one year is not enough. I think it's well said. I think it's well said. Now, next year, do you want to see improvement? Not just with your eyes, with the record. Of course you do. We'll see if that happens. That's a long way away. Our thanks today to former Kentucky great 
Jack Goose Gibbons telling us about the Wildcats. Uh, he is part of the radio team now. Gator shortstop Josh Rivera stopped by today, joined us live. Appreciate him coming on, as well as the voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly being here, and Dennis Dodd from CBSSports.com also dropping by. Um, well, that's it for today. Thanks to Zach for producing. We thank you for listening. Tomorrow, Friday, we've reached the end of the week. I am going to ask this tomorrow. Given what you saw with Tennessee, I'm going to point blank ask you, does Florida beat Kentucky and Rupp Saturday? So be thinking about that. We'll get your answers to that tomorrow. You're listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. I'm Steve Russell. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. WRUF-Gainesville-U251-CG, Gainesville, from the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM.